Walking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes beyond the Walking Dead universe. I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, Charity, aka Blazy Gardener, and Bridget, ko-fi.com slash PunkyBooster, that's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-A-S-E-T-E-R, and we're here to talk about Fear the Walking Dead's second episode of its eighth and final season titled Blue Jay, featuring Ijundori. First things first, before we get started, in case you haven't visited our merch store, I uploaded a crap ton of designs, starting from our Tales of the Walking Dead era, with logo and art designs that will definitely be taken down by AMC's legal team. <laughs> so, cease, cease and desist, cease and sir. So get them all you can, everybody. <laughs> Also, our time discussing The Last of Us, both logo and art designs that will definitely get us booted, as well as alternate versions of our Walking Dead Season 10 coverage that were redone for t-shirt design purposes. It's a red tracing design against whatever color t-shirt you want. As soon as there's a sale, I will update you. There's no sale right now, but those new designs are 20% off right now for the next, I think, couple days or maybe five days. So you can get those at squawkingdead.com click the main menu at the top left and choose merch and if you're on youtube watching this right now you can get the link from our description oh and of course you gotta leave the best for last we have a new logo and art design for our fear the walking dead season eight coverage that cool green fear with the squawking dead logo on the front of it it's looking pretty good mitchell says he loves it so that's all i really care about so i make t-shirts for mitchell Throw a finger in that logo, and I am all in. <laughs> so enough about our merch store. As you level up your podcast game with Squawking Dead, level up your coffee game. Let's go. Phineas Coffee roasts each bag to order, which means it will have optimal power when it reaches your doorstep. For coffee veterans, there's a bourbon barrel-aged coffee from Guatemala. And for you coffee novices like Sharendi, Lazy Gardener, they have a cold brew with chocolate and toffee flavors. Go to Phineas Coffee. And use the promo code Squawking Dead to get 10% off your next purchase. And now back to Squawking Dead. Bridget, what did you think about this episode? I liked it. It had some questionable points in a plot situation that I'm very concerned about at the end. Mm. But the episode itself was pretty well done, very well acted. And I was excited there were numerous people in it. And we got to see people we hadn't seen yet. I like that we're going somewhere in this episode. I didn't have every single question answered in this episode, which is fine, but we're moving in a direction. I know now where June stands when it comes to Padre and why it sheds a little bit more light on maybe a little bit of what Padre is as a whole. Like every bad guy, they think they're doing the right thing. They think they're Mm -hmm. trying to cure something. They think they're trying to fix people and they're going about it in the worst way. Are we going to find out that they are truly bad guys or maybe they're just, they have good intentions and are going about it the wrong way. I did appreciate how little Madison was in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people did in some way. Obviously, I love seeing Sherry and Dwight too. And it's really hard to remember And I'm glad as often as possible they are reminding us about this time jump that we had because it's really hard to think about this being seven years in the future. We see Sherry and Dwight together and for us, it's like, oh yeah, duh. But they're like, well, this is the first time we've seen each other. And we're like, "Mm." it's It's, hard to feel that. There's no reference. In The Walking Dead proper, they were always really good about giving you reference to the time jump. Yeah, there would be maybe an infant, but there would always be a slightly older kid to give you, oh, okay, that makes sense. When we see Judith as an infant and then we see her older, we never saw Sherry and Dwight's kid and all of a sudden he's he like a full-grown human. 16 playing eight or whatever. Six. <laughs> I, think I looked up the car- the actor's he is, name. He is too I, old to be playing I actually wanted to know if it was... Way uh, too old. Is he way too old for being seven? Mitchell said he was 15. That kid is 15? Yeah. Okay, I'll say this much. I couldn't tell. I didn't confirm that, but I, I trust didn't Mitchell. look that up. Yeah. At all. He did not look 15. Finn should roughly be between six, six and a half, seven. Mm-hmm. Right. Because she was pregnant when the show ended. Yeah. And baby Mo was over a year old. If Mo is eight, then yeah. he's got to be six, six and a half. Six. He's got to yeah. be around six because when you're born, you're not one. And this right. is a seven year time <laughs> jump. So he's less than seven years old. I don't know if anybody knew that science. <laughs> if you didn't know, it that. still confuses me. That's fine, though. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Is it fine? I don't know. 
But we came to a really nice conclusion that I can swallow. These kids are growing rapidly because of the radiation. <laughs> I can stomach that. They're, they're mutated because From everybody was everybody was exposed Why to radiation. Why not? First of all, <laughs> had I seen this episode before we covered 801, my attitude would have been very different. Not that I still like having only two characters per episode, but I would have been a little less angry about it. And of course, I love this episode. I was literally shrieking by the first two minutes of it when she started cutting off fingers i was like yes this is what i've wanted since season six i wanted breaking bad june i wanted her to go fucking wild but they did a much better job of it than i would have because she's still keeping her true to her values she still is a nurse she still wants to help people she could kill all the collectors but she's not because she's still not a murderer because i was gonna say she's twisted a bit in, in a sense like she's helping them not do things with science she hasn't let the make her a killer does she kill one of the collectors yes but it wasn't intentional she didn't shoot to kill he just had did she seem to care that she killed him not really there was a slight yeah sort of like hmm She's like, sorry. Whoops. <laughs> I've had several people I've I've read where they're like, that's so stupid. Why doesn't she just kill the collectors? Because June has never been a cold-blooded murderer. Even when she killed Jenny, that was not, fucking, I want to kill Jenny. She had her reasons behind it. She's a nurse. She's a doctor. Do no harm. That's what you're supposed to do. Save well, people. Do no kill. Do not kill. And she's, she's not. Harm. On purpose. It's the apocalypse. <laughs> we can be a little flexible. Well, when... Sharon and Rachel and I watched this together and it was Rachel and I's first time watching the episode. I really enjoyed how they kept June very clinical in terms of how she reacted to the situation and what she did for Padre. She took something, seeing a friend, someone who she loved, resist infection from an interesting situation and she took that information with her and wanted to analyze that that really did stick to the original writing for june which we've seen them historically really throw out kind of the baby with the bathwater for every character at some point where they just decide they make drastically different decisions than they would normally this was intentional writing that actually fit the pattern of how june acts as a character using all the aspects of her character's past into this present yeah instead of just being like okay. oh yeah let me uh, i want her it. i want her to go bad so she'll start killing people that makes sense right and everybody will be like no that doesn't make any sense it's that's not, not her is. character in right, season that's six I, that's what i wanted i couldn't even voice how i wanted, I wanted them it to, to happen. throw out her character <laughs> okay, i'm sorry no I'm that, kidding. that's I'm not what i want that's not that but i wanted her to break bad and i never really considered how they would go about it that didn't make her evil this was a great way to show how twisted in this deep deep dark place that she is but without making her be a bad guy a bad bad guy you right, still get you the still savage Right. You still get the savage, but she's not, oh, she's the bad guy now. She's out just out there randomly killing people because she doesn't agree with them. She was very methodical about how she took the fingers. It wasn't like, let me just cut them off with an axe and solder them. She had the little finger thingy and she even put alcohol on them and gave them anesthetic in the finger and cauterized it. And she had a special cauterizing tool. And I just thought that was great, too. You it's saw a haircut finger at the end and it looked yeah. pristine. Yeah. Delicious. The sound <laughs> when she was cutting the bone on that first finger. At the end? <laughs> no. When Shrike was doing it? Or? No, in the be in the beginning when June was cutting the first finger, oh, yeah, she that, went that, all that, the way around it. Incision? And then she took the little file and you could hear it going... And I was like, ooh. So I get cutting the fingers off. Okay, I'm taking your trigger finger. But why does she keep them? That why is she collecting them in a jar? You Ew, June. Ew. I think I know. What do you guys think? Because I, I have a something, but I don't know. She's keeping track. I've kept track of how many people I've done this to. An actual purpose to having these fingers. I don't know that there is, but she knows I have taken this many trigger fingers from Padre. But they still have all the rest of it their fingers. It gives you a sense like, of they're accomplishment. They're going to shoot with a different finger. I was thinking as she was walking through the train and seeing all of the heads in jars. Maybe that was a twisted way to mirror what they were doing. She's trying to get away from it, but here's the one thing she can't let go. I really could not figure out why, except that's just another way for us to see just how dark and what a dark place she is in. 
that she is doing this. My first thought was Daryl with the ears, but those were awful walkers. <laughs> right. She's right. keeping right. people's fingers. People's fingers. <laughs> well, and he had sunstroke and so many other things that were going on to him at that time. All the stuff. Yeah. It was mm -hmm. a few days, not seven years. <laughs> That's right. June obviously has SPF whatever. And <laughs> whatever. No, I actually, I had a thought though about this and that was, it kind of goes to the end when Adrian asks her, well, what really are you living for? And I think that's her system of maybe saying I'm making some sort of difference. She keeps him around to kind of remind her. She can just rattle them around every once in a while and go, I'm doing something here. I'm doing something. Even though you and I and the audience knows, are you though? Really, what is are she, you making yeah, a difference? What is she doing? What got me though was when she decided to leave, she took the jar of fingers with her. I know. She I did know. not leave it there at the cabin. Mm -hmm. She took it with her. June, that's a little crazy, but I'm, <laughs> I'm down with it. Well, that's what made me think of it. That's her reason for living. That's her answer to Adrian. Because I was actually asking myself the question, what does keep you going? I know some people have indomitable spirits and, and stuff like that, but she's still a person that has to exist in the world. And some people have to find that thing. The that hound keeps them told going. Arya that revenge is as good a reason to keep going as any. Right. If that's all she's got right now, would you call it revenge? Or is it just, this is what I can do? What else could she do other than kill him? Which she's not going to do because she's not a murderer. What other strike can she take? And maybe she even has in the back of her mind that maybe they pick up another doctor somewhere to continue those experiments with. Well, if she takes as many trigger fingers as possible and rattles them around in her ear, she's thinking to herself, well, that's one less person that pulls a gun on that doctor, mm -hmm. someone that was me. This won't happen to somebody, maybe won't happen to somebody again, even though oh, we can use knives and poles and whatever, but it's symbolic. This is what happened to me. I don't want that specific thing to happen to somebody else because we all know June. She wants to be of service. So maybe that's her little way of saying, that's not going to happen to somebody else again from that person and whoever crosses my path. Actually, you mentioned something about how methodical she is. I got a lot of John vibes from this episode because when she takes out the kit and lays it out, it's a lot like when he's polishing the guns in Laura. But then when you realize what it is and what she's doing, you're like, oh, this is Padre's one way mirror looking glass and looking at the other side and going, that's fucked up. But it's the same level of care that John had in that opening scene. And when you realize what the purpose is for, it is to help, but it's that twisted way of helping. And it is routine. Just like when you see John in his cabin, he has this routine. He just makes the, makes the coffee and the, brushes his teeth and whatnot. And that's June's routine. You see her look through the duck blind. <laughs> Let's put the CO2 in and <laughs> shoot the people. And it's, hey, good morning. This is my thing that I do like John did every day. And that's what keeps you going too. routine. I felt a lot of that too. But in addition to that, the whole wanting to be away from the world because I did a thing that I, tr well, I tried to save somebody, but in, I killed somebody in the process. Remember, he, the whole reason why he went to the cabin in the first place was because he had killed somebody in the attempt. It was a robbery and he accidentally shot the right. guy in the artery. He, well, he, sh he shot the guy in the leg, but the guy moved at the last second and he bled out. It's not the same. She tried to help somebody, but end up killing that somebody. And of course, that somebody resembled Rose. They actually did that again in a different way because she talks about her daughter, Rose. First of all, she's still wearing her bracelet that Rose gave her. And it was a parallel with Adrian's bracelet when Adrian mm -hmm. showed the bracelet that he and his daughter, his daughter made for him. Just like she was trying to help Hannah when she left Rose, she was trying to help Rose. And both times it cost everybody because when she left Rose, Rose turned and killed everybody at the FEMA camp. And this time when she was trying to help Hannah, she was forced to treat all these other people. Jenna said in an interview that a lot of the stories are gonna come full circle. And I already see that as full circle. She has come back full circle to the FEMA camp in the story right. where she tried to save somebody and it ended up killing everybody. Even when she's walking through the train with the flashlight, I got the vibes from just in case when she was walking through the FEMA camp. She tells them, I'm sorry, just like she told the walkers at the FEMA camp, I'm sorry. I loved that parallel. If you look, you can see Rose's bracelet on her. When Adrian shows her his own bracelet. Mm -hmm. And then when June is cutting fingers off, they show her wrist and you can see the, the bracelet on it. We can go back to Morgan and how interesting it is that by the end of the episode, 
what he's referring to is the thing that's held him back this whole time is I don't know if it's clear that he ends up killing Jenny Jones after Dwayne gets bit, but I know that he did not put down Dwayne. I took it as he feels like he needs to go back and kill Dwayne and Jenny, whatever's left. It's of them. always been confusing to me. What has been said about it has never been super clear. Obviously, we find out that he didn't put her down the first time. That's how Dwayne dies. But then after that, it's left kind of unclear. From what he said, I had thought that he then killed Jenny at that moment. Right. But then he leaves Dwayne. He's constantly leaving a loved one out there, not resting. We all know that's not them. They're gone. But the symbology there, he can't let go of it. And I bring that up because it's the same as what's going on with June right now. There was a circumstance with Hannah that was an attempt to recreate her past situation where maybe this time it could it could be better. I could actually save my daughter or save this girl whom I had grown attached to and it, it didn't work out, which is probably why she's gone further down the hole. Now, Morgan is in the same situation now. At the end, he's saying to Madison, essentially, there was a thing that I was supposed to do. The worst of it is already done. I, I can't change that, but I could change this. It does call back to season five when Morgan finally has is exploring his past with Grace and saying he was talking about playing with Dwayne and everything. And he never quite gets to the part where he talks about whether he put he or or Jenny down. But the point is that there is that one thing that he needed to do. And had he done it, Dwayne wouldn't have gotten bit. And it's the same situation here. He could have done something about that. He didn't. And Dwayne got bit. And he's responsible for leaving Dwayne out there or ex Walker Dwayne. And he could hurt somebody else, too. How could I call myself a father? I should have taken Jenny out. Had I not, she would have still been alive. There's a little bit of a mirror between Morgan and June. I kind of like that we're building more of of a really direct parallel between the characters. Oh, they're all going through something similar. Because as far as Madison knows, her daughter is also out there. As a walker. And as far as she knows, that's what she's been told. She was bit and nobody really knows what happened to her. But you would just assume, well, she's been bit, so she's probably turned. And no one put her down, so she's walking the earth, too. Right. And it's interesting that you bring her up, because I do think that what June was referring to when it comes to radiation, right? Or mm, was it Alicia that they were? Yeah, Alicia, because she held held off the infection for so long. Or was it because she drank irradiated walker blood? But Thomas said that's not the case. (laughs) But yeah, maybe... TV logic sometimes supersedes actual logic, which I, I've always said, fuck it, let's just go with what they say. They're not in our universe, so I don't have to apply our logic to it. Exactly. I also draw a little bit of a parallel with Carol and June. She goes to be by herself because she's a danger to everybody. But June is the danger. She's like, Walter oh, White, I am the danger. June White. <laughs> Skylar Dory. They felt like they were better off away from everybody else because of what they could do. Which is a Johnism. Carol didn't want to hurt people anymore. June ran away because she didn't want to hurt people anymore. Right. It's just two different catalysts. Having to kill people, even if she didn't feel it, took a toll on her, on her soul. Finch also had appendicitis, which is what the guy in 606 had that died on the table when oh, June and yeah. Sarah were getting ready yeah, to yeah, yeah, Jasper's uh, leg. Yeah. Malcolm, wasn't it? Malcolm. Well, at yeah. least she got that done. Oh, boo. Yeah. But that's that's what makes that moment so awful is that, okay, yes, of course, Finch finally gets his appendectomy after <laughs> this whole episode complaining. God. <laughs> so annoying right it was a little annoying though right just go take that kid's appendix out what are you guys doing just punch it like houdini right didn't that then now it burst some guy (sighs) just wanted to do the the punch trick in his gut anyway so yeah that's true it's over actually thank god that is true people will tell you otherwise because of the mandela effect but that is definitely how houdini died (laughs) right while she's suturing him dwight and sherry go into this impassion speech about doing for her what John and she did for Dwight. You're our family. We owe you too much. Look, we have a kid now. We didn't even think we'd find each other. And the moment that happens, that's when Padre people come in. I can't even imagine. And you could see it on June's face on top of being medicated. Yet again, she tries to help someone and that help someone gets bit. And I, I just can't even fathom. It sucks that we're left at this point The universe keeps proving her right. She must be thinking to herself, I am a poison. A, first of all, to children, which is a Carol thing, by the way, (laughs) isn't it? It sucks to say, but unfortunately now it's, I know I hate saying it. Don't leave your kids with Carol. Whenever you guys joke about it, I always feel bad. Why? It's It's true. true. 
I know, I know, but it makes me sad. I just can't imagine what she's where she's at now. Because one thing, if it happened again, you're like, okay, okay, I can't do that again, which is why she rejects Finch. She should be operating on him, but instead she's like, oh, let me just save these people so I don't have to take care of another child I might kill. <sighs> when you find out that that's the reason. She also knows that Dwight and Sherry are this kid's parents. She's arguing with Adrian in that moment. And, and adopted he's like, parents. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm actual parents. <laughs> But then they Sherry weren't. Padre's him. The, no, Padre's the parent now. Sorry. Sherry, Sherry birthed this little one, even if we didn't see it. But she knows that Dwight and Sherry are Finch's parents. And I think mostly the reason why she's going to save them, because Finch deserves his parents, not because she feels like she's going to get stuck taking care of the kid. That is a point that Adrian brought up to her, though. You want to save them so you don't have to take care of the kid. But do you think that's right? But that's I don't really believe what, that. Right. right. What she I'm saying is that. I don't believe that, that that's the reason. I don't think she wants to take on another kid. I think she's doing it for the right reasons, but she knows they need to yeah. live because I cannot do this. They have to be okay because I'm not going to be okay. I'm the killer of children. I do. I lose people. I lose myself. Oh, God. Ugh, stop. I, but is it not true? Look no. at her. Stop. I just, I She's holding don't. on to the breadcrumbs of who she was. <laughs> uh -uh, don't make Rachel no. agree to that being true. Sorry. We're uh -uh. here now. No, I don't want... I don't this want is where we live. Season um, 8. <laughs> we were already tiptoeing around this, this whole June taking on too much and blaming herself for stuff. And I didn't even like where that conversation was going. Let's just stop right now. Uh, like she's not going to turn into Morgan like and be like, everything's my fault. But here we are. Everyone's dying because of me. Stop. Just calm down. Well, not everyone. Just children. One little detail I loved that they put in. Remember when we were talking to Jenna about June's hair style, right? And the reason she had the down hairstyle was because she just wasn't ready to put her hair back up and get back in there as a, as a nurse and start doing that kind of thing again. So if Be you notice service. when she gets ready to take the fingers off in the first, the first thing she does is put her hair up. Mm -hmm. I loved right. that little detail. Temporarily. That was great. <laughs> yeah, she's putting on her other 16th somebody. And No. We're not doing that? Rachel Stop. annoyed with me enough? Stop. Is that, what is happening here? <laughs> You're trying to anyway. compare June to Morgan too much, and I'm not having yeah. any of that. But it's bullshit. It, it, I'm opening your eyes so that you can see. The scene And I will tell you how wrong you are every time. I'm telling you, I'm keeping my eyes closed. Now, here's why you're wrong. <laughs> hey, wait, who am I then? <laughs> the scene where Dwight told her that she was family, the slight reaction on June's face was enough to make me almost cry. I don't think she's considered even being a part of a family since John died at all. And probably since Charlie died, too. Oof. Yeah, we keep forgetting about that. That was just heartbreaking. And then to have it snatched away again immediately. By someone with the worst haircut on the face of the planet. Also, how do you expect June to work on a cure after you just cut her finger off? That I mean, is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Wondering. It was, was so the same thing. stupid. That was really dumb. I've heard now in both episodes, they've stupid said that, that Padre's never lost a kid. And we obviously know that is not true. And it seemed to me like haircut is perfectly willing to give up a kid to prove a point to june or to get june to do what she wants she just let the fucking walker bite finch so she obviously doesn't really care about kids right. so the front that padre puts on about caring about children we've never lost a child we know now that is very incorrect. it goes to show how deep their propaganda runs too that everyone right. just willingly believes that <laughs> or their programming that's why you want kids you raise a child in that environment and that's all they know of course they're gonna fall yeah. hard to it's easier to indoctrinate them than an adult let's look at dwight dwight kind of cites the line chapter and verse pleading with adrian padre's oh, okay. never lost a kid yet but he says it in a way that he believes it and he is there to be fair he doesn't know about this site it's off book as june said for all he knows and all he's seen he does believe it while they're there and they're all in his purview he hasn't lost a child yet None of them's gone missing. It's not even true based on what we saw for the last episode, though. They did lose Mo. She was brought back, but they did lose her for several days. I think they mean lose, like, die. But it just goes to show they're not willing to tell the entire truth to everybody. They're hiding people in the basement. <laughs> they're losing children and claiming they never have. They've got no problem. It's like putting someone in with a horrible mustache and being like, 
Oh, well, he's not this guy's at all totally the bad guy. nice. Right. <laughs> We're climbing into car. This is free candy. Very poorly. <laughs> Nothing bad can happen here. Another little detail that I really liked, how dirty June's fingernails were. Like, they legitimately made her hands look like she had been living out in the swamp for like seven years. Because if you look at her fingernails while she's doing yeah, they surgery, were they're really gross. Yep. I would not want her operating on me. Just going to say that out loud. Not at all. <laughs> Pass. I'll die. The map that she's nailing to the tree where you can see Lynchburg on it. It is Lynchburg, Virginia. And the reason I figured that out is because directly diagonally from it, it says new VI. That's all you can see of it. So I looked up anything on the map, any towns on the map that's that was new in EW space VI. And there was only one. And it was diagonally from Lynchburg, Virginia, because there is Lynchburg, Tennessee also because they were in Louisiana at the end of last season with Morgan and Madison. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. But then some I forget which episode it was, but somebody said when we were in Louisiana, mm. I'm not sure if they're still in Louisiana or if they moved over to Mississippi, maybe. Right. Because okay. if you remember, they were blindfolded, put on a Zodiac. They're taken out to a bigger ship. And then who right. knows where they go after that? I'm guessing they're somewhere on the coast, but they could literally be Mississippi, Alabama, Florida. Mm -hmm. Any of it would look like that. Somewhere else. Especially, the coast of, especially the in the Gulf. Of Mexico. It could even yeah. be Georgia with all the islands and stuff that they have off their coast. But for Georgia, they would have to be on the Atlantic side because mm, Georgia true. doesn't stretch over to the Gulf Coast. That's true. We could be anywhere. It would have to be Louisiana, Mississippi. Alabama, Alabama has a tiny little piece that sticks down between Mississippi and Florida where Mobile is. That's where I took my cruise. And then Florida. One time. Speaking of Mobiles, Dwight with the air freshener. Mm, call back. <laughs> a little call back to the automobile. <laughs> <laughs> For Mo, originally. But I like that. It was kind of cute. Pop quiz, Hot Shots. Do you think the intended name for Finch was John? I hope so. I, was I kept calling him John the whole episode. Aren't we cute? <laughs> but I will say that I dig Finch because Atticus Finch yeah. is not a bad thing to aspire to. Finch is David Spade's character's name. In just shoot me. Oh, just shoot oh, me. Oh, just shoot yeah. me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Just shoot me. <laughs> he kind of, little kid kind of looks like David Spade with the hair. Oh my God. <laughs> Was that intentional? Oh my god, it means something. One hour later. We got so off topic here. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, unedited people, if you like this, whatever. It's We're talking about Mockingbird, Blue Jay, Warbler, <laughs> Whistler. Finch. Red kite. I think I think that fits. To kill a mockingbird fits right in. Okay, now I have a pretty good segue because if Daniel is any code name, I would say he's a mockingbird. And speaking Ooh. of Daniel, was that him radioing Adrian? Oh yeah, Duh. Okay. yeah. I didn't hear it on first watch, but on second watch, when I subtitles and everything, no, I said it immediately. Daniel? No, but you're paying more attention to the words and the. Yeah. Inflections. You know who else is a mockingbird? Little oh, finger. No, don't say it. Little finger. Little, Little finger. finger. <laughs> mm -hmm. Little finger. Eh? That fits too. Mm. <laughs> I gotta lack come up with finger. a meme somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure they wanted to do that throughout Game of Thrones. Is give him a lack of finger. Lord Baelish <laughs> and sparrows, right? My little birds. That oh, sort of thing. Yeah. Little bird imagery in Game of Thrones. Cool. Is Daniel part of this resistance? Yeah. The leader. Okay. From the trailer, though, or at least the trailer to the next episode, it made it seem as though Daniel was part of Padre. I don't mind double agenting and all that stuff, but I Maybe. guess that's the way tra trailers work. They're obviously work. given freedom because Morgan is going out and only collecting children that don't have parents or parents who are willingly surrendering their kids. Madison's like, Padre knows about that. He's like, they don't know. So they're clearly given enough freedom to go off and kind of do what they want as long as they bring back kids. Results and results so who knows what's going on in their free time right collectors can have a life but you see that's the thing there's, there's a disconnection <laughs> from got information a really great work-life balance right gig. <laughs> well no the collector's gig collectors the blind part of them is they don't really know what's going on at padre they just probably get supplies and live in some sort of comfort they have to right you can't just do this and not get anything out of it but that also disconnects him from Mo. Well, I guess they get to live what what's happening. if, they, if yeah. they do it. That's what you get back. And we don't kill you. Morgan's message at the end of season five, just live. And he's doing it. And so is June. You know what? And maybe just live is not a good message. I blame all of this on Morgan because none of it would have happened if he hadn't turned everybody into Jenny in the end of season five. <laughs> he did the same thing at the end of season seven. <laughs> 
too. In a sense. Why is he always turning everybody in? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Hmm. What's that? Oh, wait, that's just the writers of fear. Well, then again, even baby Mo says when he sees her again at eight years old, that was the right decision at the time. Without that, maybe I wouldn't have been here. She said, your decision now to to not take me back would also be the right decision. From the mouths of babes, what can I say? June says that Padre uses the people that you care about against you. And we were theorizing, what if Sarah and Wendell were two of the people that were used against June? And that is why they're not there. I thought it might have been, in retrospect, just Hannah, though. That's what I had said, too. I think that was what they were saying was Hannah, but it could also be. I'm not throwing that out. I think it could be using other people against her, too. But I felt it was referencing Hannah in that moment. But only time will tell. I'm I'm not a big fan of time jumps for this reason, because (laughs) we don't have a good handle on these relationships. To me, Hannah's just some random kid. That Padre picked up. Did she live with June? Did June mother her? Was this some sort of weird relationship that we have no history of? yes. (laughs) To me, she was just a patient. June was experimenting on. Yes, she was a kid that reminded her of her kid. But why would Hannah be a loved one? What she basically said was, I came to care very deeply for her while I was trying to help her Mm -hmm. with the asthma. And I wanted her to feel safe. So I got the feeling that she was also talking about Hannah. Yes, making June torture all those people would make June flip out. For sure. would she flip out enough to be cutting people's fingers off if it was just someone she had just met for a couple of months? Or would it be someone like Sarah and Wendell? I don't know, because I don't know if it broke her or not. That's that's what I'm saying. We don't know. What she was saying is that Padre uses the people you love against you. And then we're trying to put Hannah into that category is what I'm saying. That to me doesn't make sense. Right. The people to care care about. about. Not not love. But Hannah reminded her of her daughter. And June is lonely. She's got nobody. John is gone. So maybe she did love this kid. Because she just didn't have anybody else to live for. So she decided she was going to live for this kid. And then they made her torture the the fucking little girl. June did the experiments herself. But once she realized it wasn't going to work, she wanted to put her down. And they they made her her let her live. That's a special kind of torture for June because of the echoes of her former daughter. They were making it seem like they were forcing June to do this by holding these people over her head. But what's done was done to Hannah. And then they were going to... yeah. I track that that whole situation still isn't making sense to me. Well, rewind a little bit because June treating Hannah was her idea. First this of all, it was pre pre bite pre radiation before all of that. She's just a little girl who has asthma in a post apocalyptic situation. I can see a person with asthma frequently coming to the nurse because absolutely. Okay, where's the albuterol? Of course, she keeps coming in. It's like that one kid who constantly gets sick in elementary school. That friend of yours is somebody that, you know, offhand. And he's always in the nurse's office. What's up with that? Meanwhile, you figure out, okay, it's the only place where he feels comfortable. He has anxiety or something. He develops a relationship with the nurse or the guidance counselor or whatever. I can see that over a long period of time happen. Well, actually, and, and yeah, he even she even says it was over the course of, what, a couple of years, I think it was, since she came in. Is that right? Did we get a time frame? I don't no, remember. I don't think it was a couple years. They didn't give a time frame. Yeah, it felt like it was a significant amount of time to develop a relationship. And she sells it, too, with, with what she says to Adrian. But as we've said many, many times, time is accelerated in the apocalypse, too. So it could have been also, just a few months. Also, yeah. right. We can go this way or that and still feel... acceptable that june is a reliable witness on this one but then eventually she gets bit out in the wild and she comes back and the advent of her treating hannah was completely her idea she was trying to do on the down low giving her radiation therapy not padre's idea this was her idea she says this at the very Mm -hmm. end but sanctioned by this off the books group no 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 forget the off the books things just yet she was doing her own thing trying to save hannah on the down low Padre finds out about this, though, through whatever Padre means they have. And she's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a gank that shit. And we're going to do this to a whole bunch of people now. And she's like, what? Is that how no. this, is that how this happened? They didn't really say that, but that was the feeling I got. Was June was like, let me try these radiation no, treatments. It. And then she tried the radiation treatments and they worked in stopping the infection, but they were so hard on the human's body that it didn't matter they were going to die anyway and it was worse to die by radiation then she was like i'm going to kill 
Hannah because she's going to die anyway. And now she's just suffering. But then uh, Shrike stepped in and said, no, you're not going to kill her. We're going to study her and then we're going to bring some other people in here and you're going to keep trying this. Maybe they held that over June's head. Maybe they said, hey, if you continue to do this, we'll let Hannah rest. Maybe they held her imprisoned. Well, we'll put her down as soon as you finish this next batch. And then eventually you're like, obviously, you're not going to let her go. Well, we can even go back to Sharon's theory is that maybe the cost of June saying no at some particular point during this process led to both or one of Sarah. Or Let Wendell's me just deaths. put it out this way. What kind of use would Padre have for Wendell? They don't take grownups anyway. They want to do it the way things used to be, not the way we want it to do. True. What would they have brought Wendell in for? They would have no use for him. And I have a hard time seeing Sarah standing for anything happening right right even with breathe with me being in the rear view Mm -hmm. i of course it's wendell whatever so i can marry a little bit of this when we read or see something on tv sometimes we tend to believe it right away because the story that she was told was that she was bit in the mainland or off-site and she was brought in for treatment what if they don't find people who have deformities or any chronic conditions of any kind acceptable it's not without the reason of possibility that Padre is all about slight eugenics, that sort of situation, survival of the fittest. And so to your point, that could be a reason why Wendell's not there or in the mainland or whatever, which kind of goes back to what you're saying. Maybe she held them over June's head also. And it also kind of goes back to Morgan also. It didn't feel to me that not having put down Dwayne and or Jenny whatever unreliable witness Morgan is, was enough to be the thing that broke Morgan or even submitting Mo to Padre. I felt Madison was digging it and she hit something and Morgan in a way maybe have maybe deflected a little bit. Thinking about it just rationally, is that enough to make him not want to accept Mo? And the answer still could be yes. But when you were talking about what happened to Sarah and what happened to Wendell, I thought maybe one of the people that we haven't seen yet maybe not with us anymore, and Morgan might have been responsible. They've had a good relationship for as long as they had Padre and Morgan, him being a collector for them, having this relationship so they can keep Mo safe. But what if something happened along the way? He did rebel. He, he didn't accept the job at first. He did try to go off-site. He did submit Mo to whatever. What made them convince... What was the convincing thing that made Padre think that Morgan was the right person to be a collector? Having Mo in tow? I don't know. Some, I yeah, feel like there's something else... He seems like a right. hassle. Why not Same just as Madison. Him? Why not just kill but him? He also seems to be accepting their bullshit too. In the first episode, when they run into Morgan and or Matt, whatever, they all bump into each other, and and he's like adamant. Each other. Yeah, he's adamant about taking Mo back. No, this is how it is. I've been doing this for so long, and da da da. Precisely my point. He didn't seem too messed up about it. He's definitely drinking the Kool Aid. Right. Well, but what what I mean is that there has to be that one little bit where maybe he tried to do something or. Maybe somebody else is being held over his head, or maybe he was the cause of somebody else being maimed or harmed or dead as well. It's just not worth it to rebel. Same as June. We all know Morgan has this sense of responsibility. Oh, I did something bad, and now I have to atone for it. Now I have to do something good to make it. But whether they come voluntarily or not, collecting children is not a way to make up for something <laughs> terrible you did. I'm going to have to insist that you stop comparing June and Morgan before I leave. I'm going to have to insist. you got to stop me somehow. I'm sorry. June June is also a collector. She's just collecting fingers, not children. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) True. That is hysterical. (laughs) Little fingers. Big fingers. Lord Baelish. (laughs) Fingers of a different color. Some of them. I don't know. Up until a certain point, it seemed like Sherry and Dwight were also... Eating the rhubarb pie. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It took seeing the kind of shit that they were really doing. Padre is like the Wizard of Oz. Pay no attention to what the man behind the curtain is doing over here. Don't worry about these experiments. And if they're doing those kind of experiments, who's to say they're not doing other experiments too? Other different kinds of Mm -hmm. experiments that we just don't know about. Right. You can't unsee what you see and you can't unfeel what you feel. Once they were away, they re- they realized, well, first of all, seeing all the experiments, but just being together and spending time with their kid. Well, this is what what are we missing out? We're missing out on right. this for what? The spell has worn off as soon as they were out of the vicinity. It must be a pretty strong spell is my point too. whatever shit they're spewing. People are gobbling it up and it's working. I think it's not just the spewing, though. I do think that results matter because digesting the events of the last episode with you guys and letting that episode have pass, I realized things must be good and good enough for people to be like, okay, at least this is not happening. Or at least I'm not dying. At least I'm fed. At least this, at least that. 
for all Dwight and Sherry know, look, my kid's safe. And not only that, he's, he's, he's martial. He's learning how to fight. We're teaching these kids to take care of themselves. They must have pickles see- there because I don't see why else anybody would buy into this shit. Well, they, they, must, they have must have just everything pickles. that they need. June's got the pickles. <laughs> well, they're also seeing other kids, too. And if they Ew. saw any bad signs, results matter. If Dwight or Sherry would have seen something that was amiss, they would have been like, OK, let's get Finch and let's get the F out of here. But they didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for all mm-hmm. they know, you know, Dwight, you know, Sherry, they don't want a sanctuary situation, but it occurred to them once they finally saw the truth. Finally, after so many years in an accelerated apocalypse, too, they would have gotten Finch out of there much sooner. Whatever they're doing and saying is working. The results and also the propaganda or the bullshit is good. It's delicious. Well, I also want to know what are they preparing these kids for? What bigger bad do they see coming that they need to for. I said something about CRM in the last episode because we know that CRM uses walkers to attack cities. They did it in Omaha. And in my angry ranting, I also forgot to mention the thing about the gas that it was like a throwaway line that Madison had where she was like, yeah, where are they getting all the gas? For the ships, for the boats and stuff. So what the gas is, the CRM? Maybe they're having a falling out. I mean, I don't know, but But, that was such a weird line for where it was. Oh, is this a Ginny situation? (laughs) Unless they're sending all of the CRM from Texas, these kids don't stand a chance (laughs) against CRM. And the amount of walkers that they send through a city devastating right it's like an ocean of walkers maybe it's like an unsullied army they're trained for one thing which is to kill walkers that's what they do but they wouldn't be of any use until they're grown as kids they're still training they're still learning where are the older kids that have been trained and are trained where are they training and they're probably sending them out on whatever fucking kind of missions they're out there doing or they're collectors now or it's been seven years so if you had a 10 year old kid that was there when be 17 they'd be 17 mm-hmm. now they'd be out fucking doing collecting or whatever the hell else they're doing in padre that's what i want to know though where are they what are they doing where are these kids and who they just like dwight are probably teaching kids well drinking the kool-aid obviously but they're also either stealing kids yeah. or teaching kids or being of assistance making food all the mm-hmm. things that people need to do to I survive. Know. I mean, I know we're only two episodes in, but... Oh, I just wanted to mention one more thing, because what I wrote in my notes was, Padre hasn't lost a kid yet. And it just reminds me of what Disneyland and Disney World constantly say. Meanwhile, there, are some, there were some really close calls. The guy actually died on the Yo, premises, but they I'm airlifted sorry. him out. A little kid got eaten by a fucking alligator in Disney World, so you can't tell me that. No, I will believe Padre's bullshit on this one. I've read the articles too. (laughs) But doesn't it remind you of Disneyland constantly telling you, no, you didn't see anything? Nope. We're magical. Everything is magical here. He was still alive when we airlifted him. He was just bleeding out. He didn't die on the property. We had to get him off the premises. (laughs) Two feet off the air. But it's the same thing, right? Nobody's ever died in Disneyland or World or Euro Disney. Can we talk about the bite? Yeah. Yes. Sure. All right. Look, one that was from the promo. Why is that tool necessary? You could control the head. Literally, you're doing it with your hands to put it in there. What is that? I'm going to ask you a simple question to answer that question. Pop quiz hot shot again. How do you feel about picking up feces? Well, I don't right? like it. Right. <laughs> I don't okay. like it. It's the same principle. Dude, would you feel comfortable holding, holding a walker head? They were holding they were it. They were already holding it. You were holding it to put it into they the holder. They were already holding it. But this, this wasn't and... clinical, though. This is after this has been abandoned for a while, and they don't have the extra nurses there to do all the, or the orderlies to do the shit. Once upon a time, when they had several people working in there, you had an orderly who did that, and that way you could control the bite or whatever you wanted to do as the doctor without having to actually physically touch the nasty Well, it was head. dumb, and I felt like basically they had one of those well you know those little trigger holders that people have who have mobility issues so they can grab things off a shelf (laughs) that's what it was okay that's what it was for a walker head and it was dumb and it was so stupid and obviously and the oh my god the effects oh my god i saw a youtube video that was like which was worse the deer or the head (laughs) the head was so bad the deer deer still worse but the head was so bad they were the and, same. It's the worst. Okay. And just to see it go. At least you went, could recognize it as a head. The deer just looked like a blob. <laughs> it right, went. A but smudge. the thing, but the thing went 
slowly it was so stupid it's like the lights right the kachunk kachunk like why does it need a sound effect right whatever that's horror movies Uh, you could tell what they're going for i get it it was the imagery but it was stupid i kept waiting for somebody to knock it out of there is someone gonna intervene oh no we're just gonna stand around and watch this happen yeah were they waiting for june to be oh no 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 i'll do whatever no everyone literally just stood there and watched this happen she did say i'll do it and they still had it by them june was fighting them trying to get over there to stop it and yeah it was really dumb finch's bit on the shoulder which obviously you can't do anything about herein lies my issue i can't reconcile this in my brain because i don't want dwight and cherry's kid to die i don't i i really don't it makes me sad i don't want to think about it but also i don't want a cure a cure is stupid a cure is against (laughs) everything that that zombie literature has has set forth ahead of us i don't want a cure no thank you kindly return to sender please just don't and also so now i'm rooting for a kid to die because i don't want the cure to happen and i don't like that you made me do that fear that if it does happen june is the one that saves the fucking world because she made the <laughs> she made the, no, the cure so no. i'm totally down with it june no, saved humanity I hate it well, so much. down with it before I say what I'm going to say, let me rattle off a fact. Or Sherry did because her womb was infected with radiation and she grew the she grew the cure in her womb. Sherry's responsible. Okay. <laughs> right, because remember Athena, she sucked all the ionizing radiation, which is why Athena died and Grace was spared. Grace so that's interesting. That's a way out. Let's go back. When I looked at one of the charts, the patient that had survived the longest with this therapy was nine days and 14 hours, nine and a half days, more than nine and a half days on the charts after being bit, which is a lot like Alicia. Okay, Bridget, I am 100% with you. So many mixed feelings went into that scene for me. Obviously, you're thinking, the thing, which I didn't think was stupid. The reason why is because you think the same thing everybody else thinks when something like this happens. Maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you didn't feel this way. Oh, somebody's going to step in and stop this. I thought that through. Well, yeah, I did. And then it didn't. <laughs> but just where's Greg Nicotero? Where were you, dude? How did you let this happen? So some of it was CG, but the one scene before the bite and the one scene after the after the bite was not CG. The CG was awful. The CG was the really bad part. It was green screen. It's the actor dipping down and biting That's fine. the kid. I, I know it, it is. It's once you look at it, you can't unsee it, too. Oh, this Adrian actor is he's just going down and going <laughs> literally going. <laughs> you realize that's his face. Walkers uh, don't exist. So that was a human doing stuff <laughs> to a kid's shoulder. <laughs> so I'm just saying out loud that that's hilarious, right? I'm sorry. But anyway. it, it looks like he was making out with the shoulder <laughs> yes. like he was eating it. Yes. It was like. Like kind of like a camel drinks water in a cartoon, right? Anyway, I want to take a step back from this. That's not what so what I'm about to say is I don't know about you. And this really ties me up inside a little bit just now. I said somebody's going to stop this. When it didn't stop, I was a little bit like what's going on? What is happening here? I need somebody to walk me through why I didn't feel what I should have been logically feeling about Sherry and Dwight's kid being infected. Because you have no relationship with nothing's been curated while you're a robot one but there's been hardly any character building what are you connecting to all you're connecting to is the fact that this is dwight and cherry's kid that's what you're really connecting to they haven't really seen this kid a whole lot either so there's not even a strong connection between these three Mm, that's a good point actually i don't have to feel as guilty characters it's because we've talked about kids being eaten so much that it just doesn't phase you anymore (laughs) no but secretly we've talked about this i i want kids to survive i don't hate kids or anything like that i like them the honest truth is is because you know that the kid is gonna make it Wait, I don't so, know that. That's, that's what gets me the most, though. I that's, don't know that's that. what gets me but the how? most is that what is this for? Logically, my brain steps in and goes, This was useless. This is terrifying. I'm more terrified at the prospect that June now has to go through more torture. That's what I'm terrified about because there is no way there's a cure that's being developed. She even says it herself the non cure is worse than the disease. Also, <laughs> fuck you, Shrike. June <laughs> took your finger with saying. some damn anesthesia and <laughs> did it all pretty and nice and neat, and y'all just hacked at her finger just, with a fucking. Oh, did, did she? Just laid did it on the table know? and hacked at it. Oh, you saw it. Yeah, her yield wound not great. 
Do we know June did it nicely? That was the first one, and it might have been done with some rage. It looks nice and neat, and she didn't go at it with a fucking but it could have been just like knife, a you know. She she might have just yeah. chopped it off in in anger. I think that's the thing, though. Why I mentioned John is that the whole idea of a routine keeps her going. So of course she would do everything right and proper. She's flexing her nurse doctor skills. And so she has skills. to do everything in, in a particular, yeah, I mean, I don't know, apocalypse doctor <laughs> skills. Let's go to Jasmine. Where are you? <laughs> and then she has to Medicals, do the word you're looking the for. The medical uh-huh. things, person, <laughs> no. business. And then she does everything like in a, a way, in a stuff. particular manner. <laughs> By the book, she rolls out the thing and, and there's a circumcision thing. <laughs> it's around the finger. It is though. It's a circumcision thing. Don't tell me I otherwise. I was right. I was right. I said it looked like a cock mm-hmm. ring. <laughs> that is not the same thing. I would never put that on me. But it goes around. As the this- man of this audience, arguably. It's I thought not it looked like one of those cigar cutters. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. Like it is a lot like a cigar cutter. I'm not trying to be gross or anything, but I have a son who was once a baby. Uh-huh. And that thing was way too big for a baby's wiener. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> adults get circumcision Ad- adults get circumcision <laughs> too <laughs> just, just adult Ooh. circumcision lives matter Ooh. okay then in that case it was it was kind of small don't you think well, you know it's not as though you're erect when it happens i hope not god <laughs> can't speak oh, let's to ask, that let's ask theon about it i don't remember i was seven days old poor theon Oh, no, no, that's the whole schmagadoo. That is not. <laughs> the whole schmagadoo. That's the whole schmagadoo. His was gone. He was the flame man down there. Schmagadoo. Schmagadoo. That's a whole other utility. <laughs> there, there's no careful, precise June situation going on down there. That's more of like a. Uh, what do you want to use an axe or a sword today? <laughs> I don't know. Let's use the sigh. Let's make it take longer. Anyway. Oh, oh my god. I love how you started off by saying, I don't want to be gross or anything. <laughs> but schmagadoo. I don't I don't know why I'm apologizing. Yeah, why did you even we're talking about a zombie show where heads bite children's shoulders. Are like we going to talk about birds? I was birds. talking about my kid like, and or... I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're going to talk about oh, birds. Oh, see, this is the theme. Yeah. Nobody wants to we talk gotta... about birds. And you just have we to keep rejecting it. It's like avoiding about talking birds. about a bad episode. <laughs> Guys, I just don't want to talk the about the birds. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess we... we have to talk about the birds. Okay. So the first bird they mention is called a warbler. And it's one of the Padre guys. Both the warbler and... The Whistler mm-hmm. are Padre people. Other people in Padre are apparently Padre too. In three, obviously, it's a call sign. They receive messages from the spirit world to pay attention to something important and seek change. The Whistler is only different in that they sing a song to comfort others post-battle to remind people who just won to not be prideful, not boast their victory. Mm-hmm. You're coming home from battle. Be humble. These are both very telling for people from Padre. They are people too. Pay attention to something important. Your finger is going to get cut off. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, June. Sorry. That would be a talon. Yeah. June, stop. <laughs> They'll cut your finger off. Red kite, Dwight, rhymes. They represent good luck, positive omens. Oh, man. Hope, healing, and new beginnings. Flexible to change because they can change course in midair very quickly. Hmm. So mm-hmm. that's telling for Dwight because he says, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you, you dirty rat. Let's move on to Starling, which is Sherry. Starlings are not native to the United States. What does that mean? They're kind of shapeshifters. They appear black in the distance, but are actually iridescent green and purple when you get up close and you catch the light. So they're very beautiful. That holds. It's a co-parenting bird, Hmm. and the colors represent purple, higher self. She had the foresight to say, hey, we should leave because I see things I don't like and let's take Finch with us. Orange, harvest of honest labor. We did a good job raising him thus far. Let's get them the fuck out. Bronze equals security and sturdiness. Now, they're social birds. They'll go as far as 12 miles to seek home again. When a starling comes into your life, you should consider who you interact with because they're social birds and it's kind of like take inventory of the people you keep around you. Padre. And maybe cut them out of your life. Finch, the most beloved of songbirds, represents movement and ascent. 
Finches guide you to true north, your true purpose. They represent freedom. They are rife with potential because of the amount of seeds they eat, but they are equally vulnerable, especially if they have nowhere else to go, which is true now. I mm. love how accurate the fucking birds have been the last few episodes. Well, one thing I interesting I learned about shrikes is they kill their prey by impaling them impale on them. thorns and other things. It's a way to kill them, and it's also a way for them to store the food. They leave it hanging on right. the thorn. They also are known to take on birds much larger than themselves. They take the beak to the back of the other bird or mouse's neck, snip it with their beak, and then shake them really hard, and that breaks the neck the rest of the way. They've been mm. known to catch things as large as cardinals. They look innocent enough, but they're actually very vicious. The name Shrike sounds like them. They are like yeah. a little Shrike. They're, they're vicious little, little birds. <laughs> they don't look it as much. The coloration is obviously is a bit dour, but they I'm gonna look use like it little as a teeny swear birds. Word. You fucking shrike. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go to Blue Jay because this is the one you came for. This is the episode title. Blue Jays, I'm going to love this. They're bossy and aggressive, but made Mm -hmm. for life and are loyal. Mm. It's where the expression true blue comes from, the loyalty. But they're not really they're blue. Loud. It's the diffraction of the light through their feathers because they're actually brown. Their exactly. Feathers are actually there you brown. go. Really? Yeah. They're loud, aggressive, and mean. But they symbolize... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> they, but they symbolize strength, confidence in protecting others, and authentic communication. Not just communication and being able to communicate, but being truly authentic in their communication. Certain. So certain cultures deem them lucky and a sign of good things to come. It's also a sign of judgment. Judging yourself or others judging you, but mostly judging yourself. When you see them, it's a reminder to be honest with yourself, even though you will be judged for it later on. Just live your truth and stop having the specter of what once was hold you back from being your true, authentic, real self. Someone who was of service, June. That's heartbreaking that she's not a Blue Jay, but she's called Blue Jay, almost mocking her in a way. I was reading about a lady who worked for wildlife rehabilitation and she had a couple of blue jays and she was talking about how intelligent they are. One had figured out how to open its cage, figured out where the food was. And after it escaped from its own cage and got to the food and ate what it wanted, it started taking food to the other blue jay that was still in the cage. I think I mentioned they mate for life also. Mm -hmm. They're one of those like penguins and all that. But that makes me a little sad. We've said this before too. Yeah, I want June to find some sort of happiness and not live forever in the memory of john in a sense I mean, you can be happy like without not, being with another person i was gonna say you don't have she to know, put happiness with yeah no with another like person that. i know i know but i feel like june does need other people to really be people, happy. yes like, but it doesn't maybe need to be not, a romantic maybe another man. situation like she doesn't have, to have another yeah. romantic situation right. but she needs people yes i think what broke my heart the most in this episode was just how lonely she is she's been lonely ever since john died but she had Sarah around. She had other people around her. And Charlie, she had Senior. Right? And she had Baby Mo to look after. And she had people to look after. And now she's just on her own completely. I'm going to bring up Game of Thrones again. A Targaryen alone in the world is a terrible thing. June in the world and alone is a terrible thing. And she's out fucking taking people's fingers. That's a pretty Targaryen move, right? Yeah. But it's a Good very thing she like, doesn't have any routine, brothers. An orderly, <laughs> not chaotic energy. Right. Or uncles. She got gold heads in a jar. We just said she didn't need another romantic <laughs> interest. Where's the circumcision tool, everybody? Or they? Sh- what is it? The, what did I call it? Schmigag? What did I call it? Like the whole schmigadoo. The whole schmigadoo. She took the whole schmigadoo. See, well, at least see, she didn't do that, though. David, we we approach the line, and then you just go fucking head first right over the line. <laughs> we guys, we all do it just because mine sounds stupid. <laughs> quick say something (laughs) i wanted to know if you guys thought this on second watch because it's not apparent on first watch (laughs) i wrote this in big big letters scary note the first two guys could have easily been one of our people she didn't check not that we saw anyway could she have already cut off the finger of one of the people that we know? <laughs> yeah, I did think about that. I did think about the only reason that. why she saw Dwight, because you can't avoid seeing Dwight, is this whole thing. Rachel was like, well, she was lucky. What if it had been Dwight or Sherry that she shot and fell off the raft? And- <laughs> exactly. Right? Uh, this is in addition to going back and watching the first two people whom she just, you know, just like, whatever, let's just do it. 
anybody who comes across my path, let's do this orderly thing. Surgery. Let's do a fingerdectomy. Fingerectomy. Or schmigadoo, whatever you want to call it. And then, yeah. Or a schmigadoo. So I don't know if it's just bad writing or whatever what would you it call is. That? But... A digectomy because your fingers are your digits. So would it yeah. be? A, yeah, there you a, go. I was or just a phalangectomy. Phalangectomy. Phalanges. But you get what I'm saying. It could have easily been one of our people. Yeah. I think we're all looking for the word wrapped. amputation. Well, if you want to be, <laughs> if you want to be pedestrian about it. <laughs> and no, right. We want, we want to be overall, fancy. Before she gets the news that, oh, we're going to bite Finch now. I love that sweet little line, that little moment of peace that June gets. She finally lets out a breath after holding in a fart for forever. And she says out loud, Adrian saved me so that I could find someone to live for. At the first watch, I'm like, fucking finally, can we get June back now? Can we have her back? And now we're, we're left to a point where I think it might be worse. In a sense, I'm looking forward to her being herself again. But in another sense, I'm not looking forward to the possibility that I don't want to know if things get worse for her. I like June too, guys. This is breaking my heart. Wouldn't know it by how often you compare her I to know. Morgan. Well, <laughs> he loves Morgan. I, so that's like, I love it's all of very them. telling. I do. I have favorites, but I'm a guy. I don't know. Maybe I identify with Morgan more, but whenever we've talked about June and even Carol, by the way, I just want to let you know, I have feelings about them. I really do feel for them. I can't bear to make fun of the fact that she loses children. I mean, I know we can joke about it every now and again, but it stings. I have to joke anyway. about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. just children. People. <laughs> Everybody. I made a joke a long time ago. Don't stand too close to Carol. <laughs> yeah. Anyone. Isn't it the police? Don't stand. Don't stand so yeah. close to Carol. Close, close to, to Carol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't eat. Wet Those bus cookies. stop. He's waiting. She blew it all up. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel that retroactively it is kind of like what you said had i watched this episode had i known that this episode existed in my mind beforehand then i would get it do you think you might have been a little less harsh in the last one? Oh yeah no. had i seen this episode before i still would have been spicy about it. Uh, because i would have been disappointed but at least i would have said hey there's something to look right. forward to at being good again and not pissing me off constantly my attitude would have been very different I i'll just say this now because i don't want to take up any more of your time i say that not to say Ah, see, I say that to actually embolden Sharon D because, of course, it's hard to think that there's something to look forward to after you defended the show for so long and after seeing Madison Morgan just after seeing them. By the way, I think the, the final episode was in June. So it was, it was almost a year, just so everybody knows. I checked it when I was writing writing the blog. So for a year, the last thing we see is a blindfolded Madison and Morgan going off to the thing after seeing a whole episode of Madison Morgan and nobody else. And then we come to this episode and then we get it again. Now, and of course I get it. It's hard to think that there's anything to look forward to after we get that episode. And after having so much faith and after waiting for so long, I have more of an appreciation for how you felt in the last episode. Logically, I think I was right. I think there's a lot of factors going into how you felt about that episode. But having that distance from both our episode and that episode, I can see both sides I of it. I had said that I felt like it was okay, but even I realized just because this episode had better writing doesn't mean that it makes the last episode any better. It was still poorly written, and honestly, there were poorly written parts of this episode. But if I'm comparing it to last week's, well, it was better. Sure, there are great moments of this episode, but this episode still had poor writing. There were still moments that were like, what? And we're back at the whole introducing a character just to kill them off, which loved that the whole last season. So thank you. And even if you do that, you can execute it in a certain way that maybe you could feel something. What just becomes predictable when you do it every single episode. Suddenly I'm like, oh, mm. you introduced a new character. Can't wait to see how this one dies. Because that's exactly what's right. going to happen. And I knew it going into this episode. I was like, great, this guy's going to die. Of course he is. You just reminded me of one more thing that I wanted to bring up, and that was adding on to the Troy theory, which I hate. I'm making that very clear. I don't like it. However, one of the things that June says about Shrike is that June wanted to put down Hannah, but she's like, no, I want to study it. But what specifically does she say? She says she wanted to see how long it would take for her to turn, which is what, Bridget? was Troy's experiment, his dumbass experiment at the military compound. When mm -hmm. we first meet him. Wasn't yeah. that what they were they were trying to make walkers take longer to turn in the world beyond, too? This one's been almost mm -hmm. eight hours. This is the longest. That's a good addition to that, too. The behavior of Shrike 
the way June explains it is a lot like Troy. Well, what if Troy's military group was early CRM and we just don't know it? What if Shrike was one of Troy's military group, right? We can go anywhere from here. And again, I hate it. I hate that it's in the in the ether. And now that we have to we have to talk about it. I really do. But we have to talk about it. Just it's the same it. thing as this is the Sarah and Wendell thing, right? Could it have been? I don't know. But it's something worth to keep in mind. And the Shrike thing is worth keeping in mind to bookend what we'd said about maybe that was Troy in the fencing mask taking out the walker. No, that was a totally different actor. Was not Daniel Sharman. Could have been the lookalike, but no, it's not him. Anyways, that's what you get. <laughs> that is what you get. <laughs> if you like what you heard, head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash dead. Five stars and eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. But tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Do you want more spicy episodes? Would you rather the parents not fight? Tell us after every episode. And if you really like what you've heard and you want to know when we record next and you want to be a part of that, Mitchell, right? He says, bye guys. Well, do like Mitchell and follow us for free at either ko-fi.com slash squawking dead or patreon.com slash squawking dead. Again, it's free to join in these recording sessions. It's is free. It is literally the only place we post our recording schedules. We do not post them on social media. Now, if you feel like it, you can buy us a coffee at Kofi and get 30 days of support about content or join a membership tier on either Kofi or Patreon and receive things like Discord access, the unedited episode recordings, and a whole host of other perks depending on the tier level. In any case, I've been your host, Dave Cameo, and I was joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, and Bridget, ko-fi.com slash Punky Brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. And she's going to have some content soon, I hope, with Aiden. <laughs> Someday. Yep. Special project. I, it's going to be filmed after camp. I'm getting serious. Yeah. yeah. Super, That's super right. serious, guys. Super serious. Plus, I have super a video serial. planned for the camp. It's going to yeah. be wildly inappropriate. People will love it, I think. <laughs> Is it like the Schmigadoon thing? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm going to go around to the tables and ask people with their and character. Gotcha. It's fuck, Mary kill, but we got to come up with a more appropriate way to say it. Well, that's it, everybody. Go home. Okay, good night. Bye. Good night. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode the second episode in the eighth and final season of Fear of the Walking Dead titled Blue Jay. I am recording this from Peachtree City, Georgia, only a few miles away from Sonoy, with Mitchell right behind me. (laughs) We're at the camp, so come visit us at Actor Area 3, and we have two panels, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. The Fear the Walking Dead panel and the Reapers panel, respectively. Check thecampevents.com for the schedule or our social media for a video that we posted, a little promotional video. It's kind of funny. Check it out. And the end of the episode does feature our Survivors and Whispers tier members. They get credits at the end of every episode, and they are the following at RealRyanGM on Twitter, at ElisaJones71 on Instagram, or at JonesAG6 on Twitter. And of course, Linda Peck Athens, who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash fanartlindy. And on to our whispers to your members, who are at Judith.Morton on Instagram, Aiden Atkin, who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash Aiden Atkin, at Tyler Phillip Cox, and at j 13 Voorhees on both Instagram and Twitter. And of course, at Sandy.D.Morrison on Facebook. We'll see you very soon for the next one. Hopefully we'll record it this weekend. Maybe. You never know. (laughs) With that, everybody, I cannot wait to break down the next episode with you guys. And until that time, we are Squawking Dead. Thank you.